the greatest podcast hosted by someone who knows so precious little about eh, almost everything. A journey into the mediocre mind of an exceptionally average person. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? Uh, happy Monday. Uh, welcome to episode four of Complaints and Observations. I'm your host, Wink Martindale. Um, so, where to begin? Boy, uh, fun weekend, must say. Actually left the house, did some things uh, this weekend, which was great. Um, it was fun. We'll get to that in a minute. But listen, first of all, I just want to send a uh, a massive thank you to uh, to those of you that have been listening. And there's been a few, which is great, um, that have taken the time out of your life to to let me know that you've listened, uh, to let me know that you've enjoyed it. Um, it honestly, I I don't think I could come up with different words to express my appreciation uh, for you taking time out of your day to actually share that with me. It really does mean an awful lot. Uh, this is way more fun than I thought it was going to be. I thought this would be more of a, a time filler than anything else, but it's been a blast. I've, I, I love doing this, all the prep work, um, and, you know, kind of organizing the shows and thinking about things to bitch about. Uh, it's been awesome. And so, you know, to, to have a handful of people, uh, tell me that they've enjoyed it has, has really meant so very much to me. So, um, you know, second of all, please tell your friends, uh, that, you know, there's something to fill some time that's new that you haven't heard before. Uh, as I you know, keep trying to, crank out something to provide that single guaranteed laugh for each show. So uh, one laugh per episode guaranteed or your money back. That's been uh, discussed and mentioned. And But again, listen, thank you so very much. I really, I can't say thank you enough. I, I mean, I guess I could. Because if I said thank you enough, you don't have to be a certain amount of time. And then some of you would be like, all right, enough. I just don't know what that number of thank yous would be so whatever uh anyway so yeah this weekend did some uh socially distancing uh visiting uh over the weekend uh saw some uh family saw my uh in-laws and my uh niece and nephew which was great um got a bit of a sunburn because I'm a pasty white person, but uh, it was nice. It was it was good. I visited with some friends that are uh, you know socially acceptable distance, um, which is good to to imbibe and bullshit for for a few hours. It was good, uh, and I enjoyed it. So the thing that kind of I'm I'm all for the better safe than sorry approach with this whole you know, global pandemic, this worldwide phenomenon, which is literally 
one of these odd things that's experienced by everybody on earth. Doesn't happen ever. If you really think about it, break it down into and, and sort of say, you know, I'm having the same feeling as someone clear across the planet for the same exact thing. It's, it's almost overwhelming, at least in my mind, to think about it in, in those types of terms. I mean, each one of us is such a very small portion of the planetary population. And to think that at least three quarters of us have something in common right now is sort of mind-blowing. But um, there are a lot of people that are going to disagree with the better safe than sorry approach. And I get it, you know, for their own reasons. And, but, I mean, at least from, from what I've seen, a lot of the complaining is uh, coming from people that I personally don't think have a ton of room to complain. You're well within your rights to do so. Just fine. Complain about it. I mean, that's honestly, if if nobody complained, this would be a pretty uh, useless platform. The show would be kind of stupid, stupider than it currently is. Um, but my thing has just been, I'm looking at this as personally, it's an inconvenience. It's a minor inconvenience in the grand scheme of things, grand scheme of life. And part of that is because it hasn't affected me the same way that it affects other people. That's fine. I get it. It's okay. If you own a business that's been deemed, quote-unquote, non-essential by the powers that be, complain and and do so heartily. You should. You're well within your rights, and you're well within understanding. We should be, most. the, the rest of us who aren't complaining should understand when people like that are complaining. You lose your job because of this. Well, then complain and do so heartily, please. Again, same same sentiment. You have a reason to complain. I get it. I read an article with Mark Cuban the other day. Mark Cuban's a smart guy. I like Mark Cuban. You know, and his his thing is, you can open everything up, but what's it matter if nobody's nobody has any fucking money to do anything? You know, how many people are unemployed? Millions. It's going to be tough. You're going to open shit up and then you're going to have businesses sit there with no business. It's sort of a, it's a catch 22, you know, and I'm sure some businesses will pop back to life for sure. Uh, but I mean, if you're going to sit there and complain because you can't sit in a crowded restaurant and get your hair cut, shut the fuck up. I mean, if that's your only complaint, please, that's, it's not reasonable at all and I have no sympathy for you when I tell you to shut the fuck up but again that's just me hey look there's no one on earth who wants a haircut right now more than I do no one not a single fucking person I defy you to find somebody who wants a haircut more than I do I find such joy in getting my haircut it's a wonderful experience I've always loved it. I don't know what it is. And I probably because I have being the the short fat sack of fat that I am, there ain't much going on here in the looks department. So 
the flip side to that is I have great fucking hair. And I do my very best to keep it somewhat sharp. It's tremendous hair. If you've met me, if you know me, you know my hair is fucking awesome. Don't say otherwise because you're just wrong. It's not an opinion. That's fact. I have better hair than you. For sure. But guess what? I can wait. I don't want to. But I can wait. It's fine. You know, I, I keep pushing out my appointment that I have at the barbershop. Uh, you know, I, right now there's one scheduled for Wednesday, but I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm going to have to push it out again, probably another couple weeks or so. But when it does come, it's going to be the best fucking haircut I've ever had. It's going to be phenomenal. So my overall advice as completely meaningless as it is, is simply don't be an asshole. Don't be selfish. Have a shred of patience. It'll all end soon. If our collective leadership could get their heads out of their ass, that would be helpful. At least provide something. A plan would be nice with some details. Some thought-out detail would be even better. Be welcome. But, you know. So uh, that leads me to the free ad of the day. Today's free ad is for Tweed Barbers, located at 1313 Washington Street in Boston, Massachusetts. Tweed Barbers believes that at its best, a barbershop is a dependable, trusted neighborhood institution. And let me tell you, that is 100% true. You'll get an awesome fucking haircut here. No bullshit. I've been going there less than a year now. And I hate myself for not listening to my dear friend David, who told me for months to go. And David is bald. Which, you know, makes the suggestion even uh, stranger. But he was 10,000% correct. And I poo-pooed him constantly. And when I finally went, I had to beg forgiveness from... Uh, from my dear friend um, that I didn't listen to him. Doesn't mean I would ever listen to him about anything else ever again, but he was 100% correct about this. And that's not entirely true. That's unfair to Dave. I'm sorry. I will listen to you for uh, some things. But, you know, you, you have to understand the skepticism of taking hair advice from uh, a, a gentleman who's bald by choice. But, you know, hey. Uh, my barber of choice, Ali, has been cutting hair for more than 35 years and is basically a fucking magician. All of the master barbers at Tweed have at least 10 years' experience, and as their site says, it's, quote, about substance and skill, not gimmicks, end quote. It's perfect line. Uh, their site also features an amazing quote. Quote. Scantily clad female stylists who press their cleavage in your face at the shampoo bowl? Sorry, pal, you won't find that here. <laughs> the fact that they had to put pal in the description for the company was phenomenal. That's literally, that's on the about page 
of their website. Sorry, pal. <laughs> I love that. Pressing your cleavage in your face at the shampoo bowl. I don't think I've ever had that. But, yeah, I guess it happens. I don't know. I'd like to know where. But I still don't think I would get my hair cut there. I would still go see uh, my dear, dear friend Ali, who I said is a magician, and that is completely accurate. Uh, Tweed Barbers, 1313 Washington Street in Boston. When all of this nonsense has ended, please... Get your hair cut from these gentlemen. You will not be disappointed. That is a personal complaints and observations guarantee. Guarantee. A lot of other stuff going on. Uh, last night, uh, the last dance, the final episode. It's disappointing that it's over. Uh, it was great. I thoroughly enjoyed all of it. Um, you know, most of it I knew about. There was some stuff that I didn't. Some of the inside uh, stuff, obviously. Inside stuff. About that. That was completely by accident. Some of you may get that, but, you know. Uh, but, it honestly, it was a wonderful distraction uh, for the last, what, five Sundays? Yeah, five Sundays. It was it was great. The Dennis Rodman, Carmen Electra stuff, fascinating. Carmen Electra still has a fastball that's unreal. I mean, that's ridiculous. Couldn't it? It was fascinating to me. But what do I know? It was uh, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Looking forward to the rest of their programming for the next. Four Sundays. I'm going to do 30 for 30s for a handful of different topics. Lance Armstrong, again. How many times do I have to fucking listen to this guy? You know, hey, dude, you cheated, and it's fine. Honestly, I don't blame you. And that fucking cesspool of a sport? Go nuts, dude. Cheat all you want. Give a shit. How many people actually give a shit? I mean, he won a bunch, and so people started to care. You started a charity that... I don't even know what kind of affiliation he has with it anymore. I don't think he does. I mean, I and honestly, I think the charity was more trying to cleanse his soul, if you will. Because he knew he was fucking cheating. But uh, they're going to do a, uh, a Bruce Lee 30 for 30. Give me more Bruce Lee. I mean, an hour I don't think is going to be enough. It's going to need to be... I'm going to need more. Don't know enough about Bruce Lee. Uh, what's the other one? There's another one that I can't recall. Oh, the uh, Maguire and Sosa thing. Eh. Watch it because Sammy Sosa looks like he was bleached. Other than that, I mean... It's all stuff we knew about, and they cheated too. More power to them. Look, baseball can can get all righteous and high and mighty with these guys that use steroids, but without it, nobody's watching baseball. I mean, nobody's watching baseball right now anyway, the Rona or not, but, you know, 
I'll still watch it just because I, 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 I think it'll be somewhat interesting. I don't know, but um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, what else? Not much. Oh, the uh, Call Her Daddy podcast. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Uh, I welcome all Call Her Daddy listeners to come join us here at Complaints and Observations. If you know anybody who listened to that podcast, uh, please tell them about Complaints and Observations. We're exactly the same. Very similar content. Um, yeah. Have them have them come in in and listen to me. Uh, I I suppose I could share some of the similar content, but I don't think it would play. That's that's just what I think. I could be wrong, but listen, yeah, come on board. Get on, get on the complaints and observations train here. We'll bitch and moan and and talk about stuff. That that show talked about. I probably won't. What business do I have talking about shit like that? I don't. I don't have any business doing it. But mainly I'm talking about it now so that I can add it to the podcast description and get suckers to listen to the show. You know, little, little uh, slick trick. That I've learned on the internets. Talk about other people's stuff. In the hopes that. People will listen to your podcast. So there you go. That's that. Alright so. Uh, it is Monday, so it is time for three gripes, three just random complaints or observations that I have been sort of keeping track of over time and as I continue to do regularly. Uh, so, gripe number one this week is dreams. So, I had a dream the other night that included... Uh, former co-workers at multiple different jobs, uh, a yellow Ford Pinto, a Fender Strat that belonged to one of these co-workers, uh, but it had been signed or written on by a number of different people. And in the dream, this person was very upset that this had happened. Uh, my work desk was also one of those uh, old elementary school desk that had uh, like the, the cubby under the writing surface to keep way too much shit in. Um, there were some friends of mine that were in the dream and there was really nothing happening that sort of kept all these things together. So there was, there was no substance to it. But basically, so my my overall complaint is like, what what on earth is going on in my head that I'd be thinking of shit like this in my sleep? And why why do we have these things? And look, please do not tell me that there's some sort of meaning. I just did air quotes on a podcast, so you you know I'm serious. Right now as I'm saying this, 
doing it multiple times. Meaning to dreams. Not a grift, but whatever. Uh, it's completely random nonsense that we've seen at one point of our lives. It happens to manifest itself during REM sleep or deep sleep stages. I, at least I think. I don't know. And look, I'm sure there's some uh, reason why it happens. But I, I, I don't see it as being an exact science. It, it can't be. Like, how, how are you supposed to know that? You, you can't. It's impossible. You can't jump into somebody's head and see what they're dreaming about. But it's just, it, it always, it's funny to me how there are some that you remember way more vividly than others. I still remember dreams that I had 20 years ago. I was on vacation in uh, the uh, Virginia Beach area. Not Virginia Beach. Um, uh, what the hell's the name of the damn... <laughs> I can't think of the name of the place now. Shit. It was kind of Virginia Beach, but not... Um, in Virginia, indulge me while I sort of try to find what I'm looking for. Williamsburg. Jesus Christ. God. I, I started taking this stuff that I that Joe Rogan pitched, and so we're already off to a... To a <laughs> oh, yeah, this guy's taking fucking Joe Rogan pills. He wants to be just like him. You know what? Sure. I could I could live with that. Anyways, he's pitched on his podcast numerous times, Alpha Brain. So I'm like, you know what? I've heard some smart, intelligent people, or at least people that I assume are smart and intelligent, pitch this crap. So fuck it. You know what? I'm going to take it. But I can't remember historic Williamsburg. Go figure. I got on our front of ramp. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so anyways, I was in historic Williamsburg, and I had, like, the four best nights of sleep of my life. It was unreal. I had these, like, just strong, vivid dreams every single night. It was the weirdest thing. And I still remember them 20 years on. And, uh, you know, but that, it, none of it meant anything. It was just a hodgepodge of, of crap. That I had seen or, or done. People I had met or seen out and about. Jesus. Pardon me. Um, so yeah, it was... They don't mean anything. And the thing that, that gets me is when, when I hear... Oh, well, you dreamt about... Uh, a, a, a blue rock on a, on a deserted island. That means uh, you're going to be rich. Money is coming your way. You know, some... Bullshit like that. That's not true. Come on now. Why you gonna, Why do you have to do that to people? There's no need. My my general complaint is that it would be nice if they meant something. It'd be great if they meant something. It's just that they don't. You can't tell me otherwise. Gripe number two. Completely different than gripe one. Uh, watching videos at work while you're taking a shit. 
Now, this happens way too much. Why the fuck are you doing that? And why is your fucking volume so loud? You're in a stall trying to take care of of your business. And that's literally what it is. You're taking care of business. You have to. You're in there for a reason. The reason is not to watch, I don't know, something at a loud level. And, and why should I be subjected to whatever garbage you're watching? When I'm simply just trying to get five minutes away from my desk and take care of what I need to take care of. I remember one time, there was a guy in the, in a stall next to me, and he's watching a barstool video, and I knew it was a barstool video because I could hear the people talking, and you, that's where it was from. It was from barstool. And this kid was, was laughing, and laughing loudly, as if he was just sitting at home on his couch, watching a video on his phone, and not sitting at work, taking a shit at 2.30 in the afternoon. Now look, that if you're doing that, that has to be a sign that this person's a sociopath. No? It absolutely has to be a sign. Out loud laughs over a video while you're taking a shit. You don't know who else is in that bathroom with you. You could be laughing and the CEO of the company could be in the stall next to you taking a shit. Like what what possesses you to do that? There's literally no reason for it. And the whole I, I like taking a shit and looking at your phone in and of itself I find is a little I don't know. Like you're gonna touch that thing multiple times a day and you're just gonna sit there in a bathroom while you're taking your shit. Holding the phone. And I'm guilty of it. We all are. Don't tell me otherwise. You're a liar. But, you know, to do that in a public setting and to act like that in a public setting, there's, it just, I don't, I I can't even pretend to understand it. Vo- like, loud volume as a whole in, you know, less than... In in any unacceptable, which is debatable, any unacceptable setting, loud volume, people that have their music on, on the T, but, the, you know, they're playing it out of a speaker, so you can hear everything. Ma'am, there's no need to spread the gospel on the orange line. None of us want to be here. And none of us want to hear this bullshit. Please, turn your music off. There's no need for it. Sociopath. All of them. This morning, I'm out on a my, my uh, morning walk around the neighborhood. And there's a woman I've seen jogging a couple times. Um, you know, no big deal. She's, she's jogging, doing what she needs to do. Well, I come back... Um, Home stretch of the walk, almost done, looking forward to getting it over with. And this woman is singing loudly at, it's probably, I don't know, 
6.30, quarter of six in the morning, singing loudly. Is she auditioning for something and there's a camera around and I don't know about it? Or is she just a selfish asshole? It's, it's number two. For sure. That one took a turn. That's not how the notes were, were drawn out. It was strictly going to be weird people listening to videos um, in a stall. And it took a, a bit of a left turn into the weird lady that was singing this morning. I don't particularly know why. But yeah, I, I couldn't get over that. Like, ma'am, it's not even 7 o'clock yet. I don't know what you're singing because I'm not really paying attention. But I can almost guarantee you that someone is looking out their window like, what the fuck is that noise? At quarter of seven in the morning. That's a guarantee. You've inconvenienced these people because you're too fucking selfish to just wait till you get home to sing. That's what it's for. Just like the kid who's taking a shit and listening to the rundown on fucking Barstool. It's too loud, sir. Take it home and watch it. You'll get way more enjoyment out of it, I promise. Gripe number three. The programming on the History Channel. Now, this has been... This is more of a recent complaint. I have been a History Channel person and fan person. The fuck? History Channel fan for quite some time. But, you know, this whole thing started. I would, I would say that they stumbled upon a real winner when they, when they started showing Pawn Stars, which was, in reality, like this, this, Tiny ass little pawn shop in Vegas. You know, hey, let's take advantage of fucking degenerate gamblers who need money quick by buying their shit, lending them money, tiny bits of money versus their valuables, and hope that they never come back. I mean, that's the ultimate goal of a pawn shop anyway. It's how they make money. But... Somehow, they stumbled upon this gem. They must have thought to themselves, boy, these these fake reality shows are huge. How many times can you show the same World War II documentary over and over and over again before people get sick of it? Some people do. I'm sure some people watch them all the time, but some people get sick of them, I would imagine. But now... Now I'm finding, and this is probably over the course of the last five or six years, where everything has devolved into, uh, you know, like the American Pickers thing, which, listen, love that show. Massive fan. I like antiques and shit like that, so that could be why. Love it. Big fan. But at the same time, it's a very loose interpretation of history, quote-unquote. Again, more air quotes for you guys. I'm sure you can see them. But the thing that really fucking 
really gets me is The Curse of Oak Island. Now look, the premise of this show is terrific. You know, you've got you've got the one rich guy who's funding the whole fucking thing and his brother who is probably like the crazy treasure hunt guy who's managed to convince his rich brother to finance this entire operation. Although now, my guess now is that uh, history has funded a majority of this operation, no matter what these guys are telling you. Because they've been on for seven fucking seasons and thus far have found like four nails, a coin, a shitload of old lumber, and they're just digging holes all over this poor fucking island. And it, the, it, the whole thing just re- repeats itself constantly. Seven fucking seasons of this. You know, so they've got the metal detector guy with his 14 earrings. And he finds, oh, well, what do we got here? He pulls it out. Whoa, whoa. And it's a fucking coin. Oh, okay. He found a coin. Terrific. But then you get the, you know, the sound effects and the graphics. Like, it's, you know, like a, a shot of uh, the Knights Templar walking through, uh, you know, with pitchforks. Not pitchforks. Uh, fucking torches and shit. Could this be the clue that the team is looking for? Is this the proof that the Knights Templar buried the fucking Holy Grail on some random Canadian island in the 14th century? Will you keep watching this shit for another seven seasons? Well, would this old tiny cross they just found help? And it happens over and over and over and over and over and over again. And I get suckered into it constantly. But I'm done with it. Like, I'm not... I've made my peace with the Curse of Oak Island. I wish them the very, very best. Because I can't imagine being so obsessed with something and then not, not having it come to any sort of reasonable conclusion. I mean, I keep saying, like, you gotta just figure out a way to dig 200 feet down. Which, you know, it's simple for me to say because I'm a fucking idiot. But, I mean, it's it's borderline insulting that you keep us uh, riveted, hoping to find something cool, hoping to see something. So, And I don't expect them to find the fucking Holy Grail. Let's be honest here. You know what I think they would find is a treasure chest filled with old gold... So, you know, a handful of jewels, some random artifacts that are, you know, tertiary players in the whole religious artifact game. But I don't expect them to find anything groundbreaking. I mean, let's be honest. I hope they do. I have to put that caveat in there that I hope they do. However, now that show has spawned multiple shows in the same vein. Now they've got this thing where they have these guys in the Philippines looking for World War II gold. If you know anything about the Philippines and their current political climate, 
uh, President Duterte, I think is how it's pronounced, he isn't going to let let a bunch of weird fucking rednecks waltz onto an island and try to find billions of dollars of lost gold. There's no fucking way. And if I was, if I, if, if, if I am, uh, if I'm living on that island or if I'm, know anything about this and then all of a sudden these crazy white people come and start digging shit up out of this mountain. I'm going to be like, what the fuck are you people doing here? Get out. They have a different voiceover guy. They All these shows, there's another one called the uh, like Skinwalker Ranch or something like that, which is just a creepy fucking name. I watched it for, I think I watched maybe three quarters of one episode and I say, I, I can't do this. It's just too weird. They all have different voiceover guys. And so the guy uh, for the Philippine show, for the World War II gold show, very similar to the Oak Island guy, just a slightly different tone, not as not as deep, but it's the same thing. Could they find the map that leads them to the gold? No. No, man, they're not. And you shouldn't expect us to believe that. Not to mention, these things are all taped. Taped? They're all recorded. You know, and it's months old. If somebody found something in one of these places, it's going to be reported. It's going to be news. Legitimate news. Exciting. They're not going to reveal it. It's going to be like fucking Al Capone's vault. If you don't know about Al Capone's vault, look it up. It's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious, though. But there are some great programs on the History Channel. Most of it now is fluff and nonsense. But uh, be sure to watch the new miniseries, Grant, starting next week on History. I'm actually looking forward to that. That should be good. Should be good historical programming. And quite frankly, I'm all for it. However, I'm not for these fucking stupid ass people trying to find buried treasure anymore. I can't. I've invested too much time in you people and I'm done. That's it. That'll do it for episode four. I appreciate your time. Thank you for listening. Hopefully it wasn't too long and boring for you. Uh, Episode 5, hopefully, fingers crossed, is going to feature uh, the first interview on Complaints and Observations. I'm going to have an old friend of mine, Scott, is going to be on. And the topic is going to be friends. Not the television program, actual real-life friends. And quite frankly, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Uh, it should be good. I have a feeling it's going to kind of go off the rails a little bit because that's, uh, and that's fine. There's literally, uh, there's nothing wrong with that at all. So, uh, but anyways, listen, till next time, again, tell your friends, Complaints and Observations, Episode 4, Dunzo. Ta-ta. Listen, I know I said ta-ta to end the episode. 
the minute I ended the episode, I get a notice on Twitter saying that uh, the state is about to uh, start reopening starting next week. I rescheduled my hair appointment for next Wednesday, and I am full on right now. So I am very excited. If it lasts more than four hours, I'm going to have to go to the doctor. That's how excited I am. But, uh, yeah, that's great. Pumped. Huh? How about that? A little postscript for you. Uh, Tweed Barbers, 1313 Washington Street, Boston, Mass. Ta-ta.